Hey everybody, welcome to Bringing Meditation to Life, a podcast in which we immerse ourselves in the intersection of meditation and everyday life, in which we look at the ways meditation illuminates and deepens our experience of daily living and the ways life itself does the same for our practice. I'm your host, Neil McKinley. Cormac McCarthy is an American writer. Born in 1933 in Providence, Rhode Island, he has published plays and screenplays, short stories, and, as of this recording, one non-fiction essay. He is most well-known, however, as a novelist, a novelist of, among other titles, Blood Meridian and All the Pretty Horses. His most recent novel, The Road, was published in 2006. Describing the journey of a man and his young son as they travel through a post-apocalyptic landscape, the road reads as part dystopia, part caution, and in my opinion, part love story. It is also, I have often thought, having read this volume at least three times through, part meditation. When we meditate, we place our attention somewhere. We place our attention somewhere and then see and feel and sense and know what there is to see and feel and sense and know right there. To some extent, this is the beginning and end of meditation practice. We place our attention and welcome what awaits. Because very few of us are any good at this, especially the placing our attention part of the practice, because very few of us are any good at this, meditation is a bit more complicated than just described. We place our attention and experience a little something, and then our mind wanders away. At this point, we relax and bring our attention back to whatever placement we are using which we will experience for a moment before wandering off again and repeating the whole cycle anew. Take away these inevitable complications, however, and meditation is basically this. Place our attention and experience and welcome and receive what's there. In many ways, this is what McCarthy seems to have done with the road. He has placed his attention on the journey of these two souls, and then for 286 pages, that attention does not move. His attention evidences what we call in the meditative tradition stability. His attention stabilizes, his attention rests on those two main characters, and for a very long while, that attention does not waver. Heck, it seems like the man does not so much as blink. Because of this unwavering steadiness, what he sees and what, as a writer, he recounts while resting his attention in this way is profoundly affecting. 
The devastated landscape the two wander through is harrowing. The distortion of the human spirit they encounter along the way horrific. And the love that keeps them going, love for one another certainly, perhaps also love for the naked fact of life itself, is heartrending. It is, quite honestly, a read unlike any I have ever encountered, and while some might attribute this to McCarthy's skill with language, his facility with character, his deep knowledge of the novel as form, attributions I would not in any way argue with, I would add one additional element to this list. For me, at least some of the power of the road comes from the author's steadiness of mind, his ability to place his attention right here and receive whatever wants to be received. Put another way, some of the power of the road comes from McCarthy's meditative stability, which seems to break only once in the entire telling of this tale. Right at the bottom of the final page, McCarthy's attention does seem to shift from the scene he has been observing with such fidelity to something else, to somewhere else, to some place that is a little bit different. Notice I use the word shift here. McCarthy's attention does not drift, it does not wander. Instead, it shifts and then resettles and once again reports what is being seen and felt and known. He writes, once there were brook trout in the streams in the mountains. You could see them standing in the amber current where the white edges of their fins wimpled softly in the flow. They smelled of moss in your hand, polished and muscular and torsional. On their backs were the vermaculate patterns that were maps of the world in its becoming maps and mazes of a thing which could not be put back, not be made right again. In the deep glens where they lived, all things were older than man, and they hummed of mystery. Thank you as always for listening, everybody. If you'd like to learn a little bit more about the work that I do, my website is neilmckinley.com. You can also use the contact page there to drop me a line if you're so inclined. I would love to hear from you. In the meantime, I trust you're doing well and taking care. And let's keep doing this work together. Let's keep bringing meditation to life.